Good evening, and welcome to Do You Believe, the Halloween episode. Tonight, we have some terrifying tales brought to you by the No Sleep Reddit thread, as well as some Halloween history, and the introduction of my new co-host. Thank you for bearing with me for so long. More will be explained later, but for now, get ready. Hello, and welcome to uh, the new Season 1, Episode 1 of Do You Believe? I am your host, Dan. And before we get started, I would like to say I apologize for the very long and very ridiculous break that I took. Uh, A lot of personal things going on and a lot of motivational issues, like we all deal with as depressed individuals. Um... But I have made some changes and primarily to hold myself accountable and keep myself like motivated on getting stuff done. And that is one of the reasons why I brought a co-host. So you heard me right. I have a co-host now. Um, I will let her introduce herself in just a minute, but... Um, tonight we're going to read, I am going to read a couple of, uh, Reddit threads. And just before I read those, I want to let anybody know that there are some sensitive topics in these. And if anybody is easily triggered by those sensitive topics, please click off now. Um, I don't want to trigger anybody, uh, but this is the Halloween episode. So, you know, what's going to get spooky. Um, so I'm going to read a couple of those and we're just going to have a conversation and, you know, update everybody on life things and see how that goes. So without further ado, I would like to introduce my, uh, co-host Becca. Round of applause. Hi friends. Uh, I'm Becca, family friend to Dan for a really long time. Super excited to be here. I love scary shit. I like mythology. I like how history and, uh, other really messed up true crime influences horror and media today and like how we have common misconceptions and beliefs because of these things and i can't wait to do this with dan i mean that was great that was good it worked i felt like i was interviewing i mean (laughs) well you're uh we'll we'll call you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you'll hear back to us in like two to five business weeks yeah we'll, we'll you know just give us a call next year we'll see <laughs> i think we filled that position though so i mean if... we'll keep your file on the top <laughs> of the stack yeah, we'll keep your resume in case we ever need to know who not to hire <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely be framing this in the office for what not to do <laughs> <laughs> all right so my first no sleep story is called The Haunting of Apartment 106. Ooh. Yeah. It's, uh, I kind of skimmed through some of these just so I could be like, ooh, that's kind of good. And, um, not bad. And it's not too long either. Um, so as we know, the no sleeps are 
fiction. So don't worry. Don't get scared. There, no, spook, spook. I'll still worry about the fictional OP. Okay. All right. Here we go. Sometimes I hear it scuttling in the shadows or behind the walls. I rarely witness it, but when I do, it's always a blur that disappears into the shadows, and it never happens when I expect it to. I know I sound off my rocker, but there is a monster that lives in my apartment. I first heard its calls five days ago. Okay, side note. I actually read this entire thing, mm. and I know that you're going to love it because I started laughing at the end of this oh, okay. fucking at the end of this All fucking right. story. It's so funny. Because it's, okay. not what you, it's not what you think it is, but it, it's fucking hilarious. Anyway. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I first heard its calls five days ago, the same day my sister, her husband, and their daughter came over to visit before they left for a vacation. It was the middle of the night when the sound rose from the darkness, freezing my blood. Its call sounded like an orchestra of string instruments being played by gorillas with a pro uh, propensity for causing as much pain as possible. That was the first in a long series of nights that seemed to never end. The next morning when I got up, I found my chair was torn and the stuffing was partially dragged out. I was physically attacked by this monster the following night while sleeping. The monster pl plunged its fangs and talons into my feet, attempting to shred my flesh from its bones. I wanted to go to a hospital to have it looked at, but I'm afraid of what they may tell me. What if it gave me some kind of disease when it scratched and bit me? After two days without sleep, my mind was playing trips, trip, tricks on me. Jesus. I think the beast enjoys chaos. Same. Returning home, I sometimes find my clothes torn and laying on the floor were the remains of a digested meal. It even knocked over the urn of great grandma and scattered the ashes. Oh, fuck great grandma, I guess. For real. I decided to ask around for help and thankfully found people online. Unfortunately, since I had not seen this beast and couldn't give a description, they couldn't tell me exactly what I would need, but they did recommend that I buy books of wards and rituals. In a New Age shop, I loaded up with everything from charms to Christian crosses in the silver and gold variety since one may work better than the other. I didn't expect to buy as much as I did that day, but the weight of all the charms around my neck is a small price to pay for safety. People online also recommended that I purchase incense and sage to purge the beast. After performing all the rituals I could and surrounding my bed with salt, I finally felt comfortable enough to sleep. As soon as my head hit the pillow, I was out of it. I don't know how long I was out of it, but when I woke up, it was dark. That isn't what woke me, though. There was something laying on top of my hip. Its tail was twitching back and forth, slapping my leg, and I was too afraid to move. When my alarm clock went off, the beast ran away. It was the first time I was thankful for having an alarm clock, if I'm being honest. When I went to the kitchen, I saw some more of the creature's destruction. This time, it decided to tear apart a throw pillow. I'm not the kind of person who likes to tell people if I need help, so I didn't tell any of my friends or family about this, even though I knew that if I did, they would offer me a spare bedroom or a couch. Because you, you told me you were giggling <coughs> and what, so with our D&D &D campaign, fresh in mind. I have an idea of what might be coming. <laughs> okay. Each day I go without sleep, it's as if the shadows get darker and larger. I'm not sure if I'm going crazy or not. Even as I write this, I wonder... Did I just see the beast? Some people online told me about the origin of Halloween and how people will place offerings of milk out for ghosts and goblins to calm them. They recommended that I do the same thing. I sat a small bowl of milk out and ran out to buy offerings of meat at the store. 
When I returned, I saw that the milk had been drunk, so I put out a piece of bologna. I looked away for only a moment, and when I looked back, the meat was gone. These offerings are only a band-aid. I need to identify this monster if I am to have any chance of being free of it. The following night, my blood ran cold when I heard the monster in the walls between my bed and my neighbor's apartment. On the other side of the wall is an old woman who lives all by herself. I should have gotten up and run to her rescue, but at that moment I was a coward and didn't do anything except cover my head and drown out the sounds of with tuneless humming. I rearm all the traps I have set up the next morning and cry because of how useless these traps are and how helpless I feel. It's at this point where I get more glances of the creature, a tuft of hair here, a tail there. Seeing all this, <clears throat> I wish I was never born. I cannot do this for much longer. I am not religious and I was reluctant to ask for a priest for help. However, at this point, I have no other option. He said that he said the church no longer does exorcisms. The demons are a way to explain the evils in the world and not to be taken literally. When I insist that I am living with some sort of entity, he re recommends prayer. I caused a bit of a scene when he said this and stormed off. My friends started to notice how much I have changed and how I am isolating myself, so they reach out to me. I told them everything was fine because I do not want to bother them with my burden. As we speak, I take my time bringing up the possibility of borrowing his gun so I can go duck hunting. Thankfully, he believed me. I do not like being dishonest, but I don't see another way out of the situation. If the tables were reversed, he were to tell me on it, or he were to tell me about a monster, I wouldn't believe him. That night I didn't try to sleep. I sat in my bed with the loaded weapon and waited for the monster to show itself. <clears throat> the moment it reared its ugly head, I was going to end its life or die trying. Hours pass. I think I might have nodded off with the gun in my lap. I wake up suddenly and raise the gun to the door where I thought the beast would appear. I cock the gun, putting a shell in the chamber, while at the same time ejecting the one I forgot was already in there. As I pan the gun left and right, waiting for my eyes to adjust, I look for any movement. After a few moments, I see that the wards on the floor made, of, made out of salt have been spread all over. I really should not be surprised. The wards offered me no help yet. Why should I expect things to be different now? Feeling pressure on my bladder, I dread getting out of bed when it's dark. Under the bed, the monster could wait for me to put my foot out on the floor. I feel like a child all over again, scared of the dark, scared of monsters. In truth, I am afraid of everything. After a silent prayer, I, jumped off, I jump off the bed, and as soon as my foot touches the ground, I sprint to the bathroom and shut the door. Unfortunately, I didn't bring the gun with me. Deciding Rookie to sit... Mistake. What? Rookie mistake. Deciding to sit on the cold toilet instead of standing up to urinate, I consider sleeping here with the door shut. Before I know it, I am asleep once again. I woke up to the sound of the loud and rapid scratching. In that tiny gap between the door and the floor, I see a white claw reach out towards me. Needle-like needle claws extended and excitedly scrape the floor as if it's trying to pull the floor and me towards its awaiting maw. A moment later, the claw turns and reaches towards the doorknob. I am, thankfully, I am thankful I am already on the toilet because I scream like a child and because I don't remember the last time I ate, I faint. When I wake up, it's to the sound of my phone ringing on the other side of the door. As soon as I build up enough courage, I burst through the bathroom door and sprint to my bed where the phone and the gun lay. Instead of grabbing the gun, I look at my phone. Four voicemails and six missed calls, all of which are from my boss. He said that I was fired in the last voicemail. This should upset me more than it does, but how could losing a job compare to living with some kind of demon? Forced myself to eat, I open the fridge 
and smell and the smell of old spoiled food breaks me. I cry harder than I ever have in my life. Babies don't cry this much. The anticipation of being attacked was almost worse than actually being attacked. I shout, challenging the beast to reveal itself as my knuckles turn white around the gun. I position a chair in the corner so I can see more of my house and I wait for the monster. Outside, I hear people go about their day. I hear the birds chirp, cars start, and in the distance, I hear a school bell ring indicating that students are about to go home. Everyone else gets to feel normal. Again, I cry. There was a moment I thought I heard a woman screaming in the hallway outside, but it ended up being one of those happy screams. I cry yet again. <sighs> Feels. <laughs> Seeing other people happy just makes me want to cry. <laughs> The only time I move from that chair is when I go to turn on the lights before it gets dark. After all, I need to see the monster in order to shoot it. If the monster survives the blast, it would kill me. If that is the, if that is the case, at least this nightmare would be over and I would be able to finally sleep. Weighing the pros and cons of living as well as the gun in my hand, I make a decision and put the barrel of the gun in my mouth. Slowly, mm. I apply pressure to the trigger knowing that at any time this thing will go off and my suffering would be over. I think about the poor bastard who would have to clean this up. Mess. Oh, wait. I fucked that up. I think about the poor bastard who would have to clean this mess for a second, but quickly set that thought aside. As soon as I shoot, it would not be my problem. I add more pressure to the trigger with the business end of the gun in my mouth. My lips tighten on the barrel and I cry more, my finger not easing the tension on the trigger. That's when the phone rang. I pulled the barrel out of my mouth on the third ring to see who was calling me. Wiping tears from my eyes, I pick up the phone and see that it is my sister, who just came back from her vacation. She is the one person who could talk me off this cliff. Hello? I answer as calmly as I can muster. Hey, I'm coming over. Be there in five minutes, she says. What? Why? I ask, surprised. I'm picking up my cat today. Thanks for watching it when we were gone, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I thought it was mice. <laughs> was I thought it was just mice cat. in the walls the whole time. Just if cat. you give a mouse a cookie, if you give a rat the power to be a demonic possession. <laughs> it was a cat. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I read that and I was like, oh no. I gotta read that one. It was so funny. <laughs> Oh. Imagine. I didn't know the cat was there the whole time. <laughs> that is... <laughs> I feel like that is unbelievable as much as it, it was this person is writing because they... I don't know if like they hate cats. <clears throat> I don't know if they hate cats or if it was just because like they were like, what if I make it seem like a big demon but it's actually a cat and it's hilarious i don't know this I mean, person know. maybe they didn't know took it was just there. a little bit too much benadryl one night and was like i got a great idea for a horror story <laughs> um okay so do you want to read one or do you want me to just continue on with my second one i can read one of my folk the folklores okay go for it they're both Appalachian folklore, because I live in Appalachia, and I didn't know that we had a bunch of, like, our own little, uh, myths and beliefs here, 
And so when I was looking them up, I was like, I want ones that are like, I can find some facts to, not ones that people can just, Johnny down the road was like, oh, I saw this thing this one time. Because, like, I have one of those, too. My fiancé, Tyler's neighbor, saw some crazy shit. But these have legitimate news articles with them. So, this one is called The Moon-Eyed People. Ooh. So, according to both Appalachian folktales and Cherokee legend, which, let's take that with a grain of salt, because you can say Cherokee legend, but white people say Cherokee for, like, any indigenous person. This is true. And a group of pale-skinned humanoids they referred to as the moon-eyed people would be hiding somewhere in the Appalachian mountain range. While it originated in a small town of Murphy, North Carolina, the moon-eyed people are short little people with very pale white skin, bearded faces, and large blue eyes. The eyes are supposed to make them able to see at night because they're so sensitive to the sun. So they became nocturnal, which is why they named them moon-eyed. So the legend says that a local tribe of Native Americans waited for a full moon. And uh, it was supposed to drive the moon people from their underground caves. Because, you know, their eyes are so sensitive to light, a full moon reflects the sun's light. Too bright for them. It would make them weak. And it would make them flee to different parts of Appalachia. But unlike other Appalachian monsters, the moon-eyed people were considered a completely different race of people. Like, they're not supernatural beings. They're not uh, Bigfoot, who is like a evolutionary in-between step. They're like a whole other race of beings who evolved. So, while... Let's look one more time. I'm going to run this... I'm going to run this by you one more time. This is the description of the moon-eyed people. Short, pale-skinned, with red beards and big blue eyes. Sounds like a hobbit to me. Or some kind of dwarf. Or it was just early North American settlers. Well, Maybe. Colonizers. The the common theory is it was like uh the belief that what well, what was it? Greenland or Iceland found America first and then went back. We have like evidence of Vikings even being here <clears throat> and then leaving long before settlers, colonists, colonizers, whatever you want to call them, uh came here. So the common belief is they just saw some really short settlers from a long time ago who had, like, taken up post in the mountain, and they were just like, nope, <laughs> these things, they're so weird and different. That's a whole different kind of thing. <laughs> That's a whole different thing. <laughs> but today there are exhibits on the Moon-Eyed People at the Cherokee County Historical Museum in Murphy, North Carolina. There are about three-foot-tall sculptures of two conjoined figures that was found in the early 1840s, which they think represents the Moon-Eyed People. Hmm. Interesting. And there's a... It's Fort Mountain, a Georgia State Park, 
contains the ruins of an 850-foot-long stone wall that is said to have been constructed by the mysterious tribe of Moonite people. Hmm. So. Like I said, I liked to find some that had a little bit of historical backing. These There's like a little statue that they think was carved. But yeah, the common idea is that they just saw some like weird European, maybe uh, Viking settlers that had uh, made a little town somewhere in the mountains. And they just were like, no, that thing is too pale. It is <laughs> too pale and it eye, its eyes are too blue to be normal. <laughs> Sounds like my legs. <laughs> Me when I took the picture <laughs> yesterday to show you my hair dye. <laughs> um. So they don't have anything like any stories of them being like malicious or, or anything. No, no, they were just so scared of how pale and scary they looked that they tried to chase them out into the full moon, thinking it would make them weak. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but did it? Did no. Ever... <laughs> nope. They never came out of their caves that they lived in, apparently. Oh, well. No I'm... battle ever took place. It didn't work. It's just a hand-me-down tale that is attached to a couple of sculptures and a wall built by the mysterious Moon-Eyed people. All right. I just thought it was goofy. It's very, very goofy. <clears throat> All right, so... My next no sleep is titled, I think my girlfriend was possessed. Ooh. Now this one, I didn't read any of, uh, I didn't even skim through this one. I just, I like, I looked to see if it was like long enough and it is fairly long, uh, not too long, but it is fairly long, probably about as long as the first one. <clears throat> um, but any type of like possession or like mention of demons or anything like that, like immediately catches my eye so and I, whenever i saw possessed i was like yep i need that one so i saved it mm -hmm. um so i think my girlfriend was possessed it wasn't in the exorcist of <laughs> i think they meant to say exorcism but whatever it wasn't in the exorcism of emily rose type of way but something was off about her ever since we moved into the house that backed up to a cemetery mm -hmm. we had been together nine years before moving into our first home together although we had lived together at my folks' place for a few years prior. During the pandemic, maybe even right before, she had gotten heavy into drinking. Ooh. That eventually led to some issues which resulted in her going back to live with her mom and stepdad. Things were great for a few months. She was even able to stay sober with her mom always watching over her. Then the pandemic hit. Her mom was one of those traditional overprotective parents that didn't want her daughter going out past 10 p.m., let alone mingling with people during the middle of a pandemic, so we started seeing each other less and less. <clears throat> After a few months, we both had enough of the long-distance relationship and started to look at places together. We started off our search by looking at rental units, mainly townhomes, with a couple of houses. We soon realized that we were limiting our search, and together we could afford a pretty nice house together. There's a lot of togethers in this. Mm -hmm. She was doing taxes yeah. for a big marketing company, and I was an over-the-road truck driver. We ended up finding a house in a nice, quiet neighborhood. Honestly, it was the first one we looked at. I think... Mm, that doesn't fit. Because they said that they were looking on... They were looking at stuff already. <clears throat> anyway, mm -hmm. all right. 
I will not be <clears throat> the uh, consistency police. All right. So honestly, it was the first one we looked at. I'm here at. for the spook spooks. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for the possession. I think we were in a rush to start the next chapter of our lives, or maybe the house just felt like home, but we didn't even look at any other houses. Our, <laughs> he really says this. Our house was actually pretty dope. <laughs> I know it Yo, was... Our house was mad 420 swag YOLO. Yeah. <laughs> I know it wasn't a mansion or anything, but we were both pretty proud of our first big purchase together. It has a two-car garage that led into a basement, the basement was a bit outdated, but it was still nice. The carpet was an ugly green color, probably from the 70s, which was complemented by light brown wood paneling on the walls. Mm -hmm. Gross! I, I hate, hate wood, wood paneling. paneling. <laughs> cannot I hate you can't it. paint it. You can't wallpaper it. You have to pull it out and replace it. I have wall. Just... My whole apartment is fucking wood paneling, and I hate it so much. I, I absolutely hate wood paneling. Listen, so my grandma moved me into my uncle's room when I lived with her as a kid, and it had wood paneling walls. And I was always like, Grandma, please let me paint the walls, please. And she was like, It won't stick. You can try. I dare you to try, even. You well, can somebody did panels. paint my living room and my kitchen, which both have wood paneled walls. Well, you have to, she didn't tell me this. You have to do, use a like primer and some other stuff to make it stick good. Because if you don't, it just kind of goes into the like holes in the fake wood. Yeah, and it it's, makes it's it pretty gross, terrible. It's and it gives terrible. it a gross feeling. And she was like, yeah, you can have two panels to do it, knowing that I'm a person who doesn't like the feeling of bumpy walls. And like, it'll make me puke if you run your fingers along them. So that was a lesson she made me learn the hard way. And uh, since then, I refuse. I won't even look at a house if it has wood paneling. Yeah, normally I wouldn't either, but I didn't really have a choice in this apartment. But I like yeah, it. I like it other deal. than I like it other than the terrible carpet and the awful wood paneling. <clears throat> anyway, um, same goes for OP apparently. Yeah, well, they love it, I guess. It also has cool. a it also had a gas fireplace and a giant TV and surround system. That surround sound system, wow. which was left behind by the previous owners. I was gonna say that came with the house. So wait, Damn. we have a we have a few red flags here. So we got alcoholism. Uh -huh. We've got random snaps of personality. Now mm. we're introducing an old house that probably has moldy carpet. Probably. And we also have a gas fireplace, which could probably leak throughout the whole house, and nobody would know until it was too late. <laughs> We've got a lot of things this could be before. I want to know what made OP jump over all these other possible explanations and go exorcism. It's no a demon. Idea. Well, I think we'll find out. Um... So the surround sound system was left by the previous owners. And there was also a half bath on the way up to the main floor. The stairs led you up into the kitchen, which was all updated. Nice newer appliances with a nice modern tile floor. On end of kit on end of the kit oh one end, I'm sorry, I was reading that as on, not one. <clears throat> one end of the kitchen led to the front door. The other end had a sliding glass door going out to the back. It wasn't huge, but we were both able to cook comfortably together. Who am I kidding? She did most of the cooking. Anyways, enough of the kitchen. Ooh. We also had a second story, which had two bedrooms and a master bedroom bathroom. The bathroom had heated floors. Ooh. Damn. And even a heated toilet seat. Ah. Uh, jealous. 
It also had a jacuzzi tub and a shower combo, which was pretty sweet. I no longer have empathy. (laughs) I agree. Um, The master bedroom... The master bedroom also featured reading lights that were installed in the ceiling, so you can read without disturbing your spouse while they are sleeping. Overall, the house is pretty awesome. However, there was one part that made my girlfriend uneasy. The backyard. See, the backyard backed up to a small local cemetery with tombstones dating tombstones dating back to the early 1700s. There were maybe, I don't know, 75 or so headstones there? Maybe more. I never really took time to count them. The cemetery was separated by... A single chain link fence that went all the way up and down. Up, all the way up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Calm down. The cemetery was separated by a single chain link fence that went all the way down the row of houses and eventually opened up on a side street about 20 houses down. Uh, there was a small gravel path you could drive on that went through the cemetery. It was kind of like a one way in, one way out kind of deal. Basically, looking at it from our backyard, the gravel road was like a sea. Anyway, I was kind of excited to live next to a cemetery. I thought it would be cool. If only I had known. (laughs) The first night, we both felt a little creeped out. We really didn't have everything put away, and when we decided to go to bed... Okay. Oh, put away when we decided to go to bed. That was just a weird sentence. Honestly, it was a long day, and we were both tired from moving an entire U-Haul truck worth of stuff into a home. As we laid in bed, uh, as we laid in bed discussing how we were going to set up the rest of the house in the morning, the reading lights above the bed started flickering. Red flag. We instantly stopped talking. Neither of us were really religious, to be honest, but we did You said dis- red flag. <laughs> I did. Faulty wiring. Uh, they nope, just updated the kitchen. Red flag, demons. Um... We instantly I stopped. See how, I see our I see our dynamic already building in front of us. <laughs> we instantly stopped talking. Neither of us were really religious, but to be honest, oh, I'm sorry, to be honest, but we didn't dismiss the possibility of ghosts existing. After about 15 seconds of light lights flickering, it stopped, then went back to normal. It was almost like ghost a ghost was welcoming us to the house, or maybe that's where that was our warning sign to get out. This person writes very weird. Very strangely. Uh, On day three, we're still trying to get everything situated when we hear noise coming from the upstairs bathroom. Demon. We froze in place, listening carefully, wondering what the hell it was. It almost sounded like a pipe had burst or a radio had turned on, but it was all static. Because those two sound exactly the same. Right. Okay, okay. (laughs) I grabbed the closest thing to me that I could use as a weapon, which happened to be a 10-pound dumbbell, and went to investigate. My heart was pounding as I walked up the stairs, starting to think of all the different possibilities it could be. As I reached the top of the stairs, I was able to see into the bathroom. It was empty. It took me a few seconds to realize that the jacuzzi had self-drying had a self-drying feature on it, which when moisture is detected, it will dry itself with air. Mm. That's weird. See. I guess there are a bunch of tiny holes at the bottom of it that we hadn't noticed. I guess one of us did take a shower not too long ago. But I've done still... some weird things to my tryptophobia. <laughs> uh, I guess we did too. Where would it go? The shower. The shower part. Where'd it go? I'm <laughs> missing. 
Both on the bottom of it, yeah, I noticed. I guess one of us did take a shower not too long ago, but it was still weird because it didn't go off yesterday. We didn't really think much of it, and after our blood pressure returned to normal, we laughed it off. The next day, I went back home, uh, back to work. My girlfriend was lucky enough to work from home, thanks to the pandemic. Yeah, thank you, COVID. <laughs> so she set up her little home office on the main floor of the, in the living room as I was on my way to Nebraska. Later that night, she called me as I was getting ready to shut down for the night. I asked her how her day was, and we mostly talked about work and coming up uh, coming up with ideas for the house, like painting, remodeling, etc. We got on the topic of putting a fence up in the backyard to block the cemetery. Not that it was creepy to look at, but mostly for privacy. Our backyard had a small deck, and it was summertime. We planned on hanging out uh, in the back quite a bit, <clears throat> since we like to grill and just enjoy the weather. While we were talking about what color the fence... Uh, we would get, wait, what? We were While we were talking about what color fence we would get, the bathtub went off. She stopped mid-sentence and just gasped. I freaked out a little too, considering I wasn't there and she was all alone. But then I remembered it goes off, to have, goes off after you shower in it. The funny thing is, when I reminded her about this, this freaked us out uh, even more. It turns out she hadn't showered since the day before, and neither had yeah. I. Gross. We started talking in whispers, wondering if she should call the police or go investigate it herself. What would be the white thing to do? Investigate it yourself. Correct. While calling the police. <laughs> Not even calling the police. Leaving your phone in the bedroom, on the bed, going and investigating no, 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 by no, no, yourself. No. no, you have to take both white stereotypes of the Karen and the idiot and put them into one. She's calling the police and already preemptively blaming it on a minority before even making it to the bathroom, but she's also being very loud about it so the killer knows she's coming. Uh, possibly. While we were trying to figure it out, it just stopped suddenly. It definitely ran a lot longer than yesterday when we actually used it for a shower. Did maybe some moisture get into the tub somehow, and it just sensed it and started drying itself? I highly doubt it, but we chalked it up to her maybe splashing the tub when she washed her hands in the bathroom. Yeah, let's go with that. There's a lot or better. Like maybe it was just a really humid day. Maybe. It was a lot better than genuinely thinking a ghost was playing tricks on us, which it is probably what that is. Uh, <laughs> while I was hundreds of miles away and she was all alone. Uh, I still had this creepy feeling about it, though, but I didn't say anything. I didn't want her to freak out, especially since she's voiced her concerns about the cemetery in the beginning. The rest of the week went on fairly normal. We would chat on the phone a couple of times a day, uh, and nothing like that happened again. I returned home on the weekend, and we finally got to enjoy the house together. We mostly just sat back and watched movies, cuddled up on the couch in the basement. <laughs> what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what? Why? I don't blame them. I want a house with a couch in the basement. No, but why would you... It's it, my, it's not a finished basement, mind you. Oh. It is an outdated no, basement. No, I want like a I want like a seventies style uh you have, conversation pit basement. You have a living room. Why um, even if it's set up as a home office or like part of it is, why I want the a fuck game room down there. would you hang out in the basement of a house that is bordering a cemetery? You're asking for demons. <clears throat> You're asking for demons. I don't understand. All right. Then, out of nowhere, she dropped this bombshell on me. She said she swore she felt like something touched her while she was sleeping one night. Like a hand mm. gliding down the bottom half of her leg, moving towards her feet. Foot fetish ghost. 
She said she jolted out of bed, but no one was there. She had a hard time getting back to sleep, but didn't want to, didn't tell me while I was on the road because she didn't want me to worry. And she wasn't sure if it was, <laughs> oh my God. And she wasn't sure if she was just tweaking out. <laughs> <coughs> this person's a 12 year old. Mm -hmm. The hairs on my arm stood up and I started getting goosebumps all over. We talked about, we talked about it a bit and figured it might've just been the blanket, but I got her some pepper spray before returning to work just in case. The next few weeks seemed normal until I got a call from her one night. It was pretty late, but she would stay up way later than me watching reruns of The Office and random documentaries that piqued her interest. When I answered, she seemed like she was distressed. Her breathing was heavy and slow, and it sounded like she was worried. Babe, she said, when are you going to be home again? I'm not sure. Probably Friday night. Why? Is everything okay? I asked, starting to worry a bit myself. I don't feel too good. I think I'm going to go to sleep a little bit early tonight, she replied. Well, what's wrong? Do you need me to call the paramedics, or is it like a stomachache kind of thing? I don't know. I think I'm fine. I just don't feel good. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Good night. And with mm -hmm. that, she hung up the phone and went to bed. I tried texting her a few times, but she never answered. The next day, I called her pretty early in the morning to see how she was doing. She seemed confused, as if she didn't remember calling me the night before. I told her about the call last night, and she swears she doesn't remember making that call. She said she fell asleep watching a movie last night, but doesn't remember when. I figured she had just called me when she was half asleep. I can relate to that. I've picked up the phone calls while half asleep and don't remember much of the conversation. Mm -hmm. She has talked in her sleep before, which it was usually when she was drinking, which made me think, shit, was she drinking again? So I asked her about it, and reluctantly she told me I had been drinking while I was on the road. This problem went on for months. The calls got more bizarre. She seemed completely normal when we were home together and made promises she would stop drinking. But at least once a week, I would get a call from her where she clearly wasn't herself. <clears throat> that eventually led to arguments as I felt helpless being on the road. I kept my cool, but she was the one who would lash out. The weird thing is her voice would change sometimes. She would mm. be telling a random story or, or talk about something that bothered her at work that day. And just started really getting worked up. Worked up to the point where she would raise her voice, but it would get lower in pitch. As in, she sounded like a fucking demon. <laughs> that was word for word, exactly what he just said in the story. Now, I've known her for over nine years at this point, and I've seen her worked up before. I've seen her drunk and worked up before. Hell, we've both seen each other at some of our lowest points more than once. And I've never heard a voice like that come out of her mouth. She was usually very quiet and even shy. She had a pretty feminine voice and rarely even got angry. So this was definitely out of character for her, but I just assumed she had gotten pretty bad with her drinking. At this point, I was just getting frustrated with her drinking issues, so I stayed with her. In that haunted fucking house. Mm. I didn't put two and two together. Occasionally, we would get the lights flicking in, flickering in our bedroom. The jacuzzi hot tub would start drying itself at random hours of the day. I swear I even seen things move in the corner of my eye. I thought maybe if we got a dog, it would help things. Honestly, it just made things worse. We adopted this adorable pit bull with a, with a beautiful brown and golden coat. He was happy as a dog could be as we drove him home from the animal shelter. Once he got in our home, though, he seemed skittish, like he didn't feel comfortable. And for some reason, he refused to go into the basement. Smart dog. Mm. He would uh, dog just kind of stare at it. He would just kind of stare at it like he was watching something. Anytime we went into the basement to watch a movie, he would bark at us. 
We thought maybe he just wanted attention, so we moved movie nights to the main floor where we had another TV. So you're saying you have a fucking TV on the main floor in the living room, I'm assuming, and you choose, you actively choose to have your movie nights in the basement until you get a dog and he starts barking at you while you're down there. White people. Things seem yeah, to be I okay. You, I want a game room in my basement. Yeah, a game room is different, though. A game room is like, oh, I'm going to go down there and play games. I have a nice uh, PC setup or whatever. I have a big old TV, whatever. But you are choosing to have... You're choosing to stay in a creepy basement in a house that is weird and borders a cemetery. You're asking for dumb shit to happen. Um, things seem to be okay, but the next week... When I was on the road, dog the dog nipped at my girlfriend. She was coming up from work, from working out in the basement, and he just jumped at her, as if he didn't recognize her or something. The weird thing was, he definitely was a mama's boy. He liked her more than he liked me, and I grew up around dogs my whole life, so I knew how to train them and take care of them, and he still favored her. My girlfriend absolutely adored animals, but didn't know the first thing about owning a dog. She did well for being unexperienced. She took him for walks, trained him to sit, and even to ring the bell to be let outside when he needed to go to the bathroom. So it was weird when he nipped at her. And even though we both figured he may not be used to being in a new home, he, she wasn't ready to be left alone with a 60-pound dog that can easily bite her face off. So we returned him to the shelter. After that, wow, things started getting weirder. Shit. I agree. E e why are you going to take the dog? No, no, no. You don't Why not just take a two-week hiatus from work and work with a trainer and figure out what's going on? Right. You have I'm... the money, clearly. You have a heated toilet seat and heated fucking bathroom floors. Right. OP, you're trash. Um, after that, things started getting weirder. Good. I occasionally found myself at home alone once in a while on the weekends while the girlfriend would go run errands or visit family and friends. I honestly kind of hate that he calls this person his girlfriend. Yeah. It it just seems unfitting for this story. Uh, I always felt like I was being watched. There was this one time I went to grab something from upstairs, and as I was going back down, one of the spare room lights turned on. It wasn't on when I went back up. It wasn't on when I went up. I was sure of it. The hair stood up on the back of my neck, and I swear to God it felt like some kind of energy had touched me. My body got cold instantly and I ended up walking out of the house. I sat in the garage for a while, afraid to go back inside. She got home and we both went in together. The light was off, but I didn't feel that energy anymore. And I didn't feel that energy anymore. I was slightly creeped out, but at this point we were kind of used to the strange thing strange things happening around the house and tried not to think too much of it. She claimed that she could tell where things living there were things living in the house with us, but they were all nice and there was nothing evil there. We never mm -hmm. experienced cabinets slamming shut or pots and pans flying across the kitchen, so I believed her. Fast the forward demons a few months. gaslighting OP. <laughs> Fast no, forward a few No, there's nothing months. crazy happening here. Yet. Wait till you fall asleep. We both went out to the city with some friends for a few drinks. It was a club on the top floor of a sky rise. So we all ended up microdosing LSD. Yeah, wait, hold on. Wait, pause. Pause the motherfucking story. My girlfriend is an alcoholic. I beg her to stop drinking. I quit going to work for a little bit until she gets drinking under control. 
we get back together, we get a house. We, she starts drinking again. I beg her to stop. She promises she is. Things seem to be okay. We go out to a sky rise, get drunk, and do LSD. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah. Yeah. This is all over the place. <laughs> all right, LP. Uh, fuck it. You better get to the scare suit, OP. I'm getting very upset with your unreliable narrator. OP's the demon the whole time. Uh, plot twist. Uh, they were microdosing on LSD, which wasn't uncommon for that friend group. Oh. That just seems oh. not okay. What wasn't common about that night was how my girlfriend reacted to the drinking and drugs. We ended up getting a table and bottle service. Tequila was our go-to, and we got two bottles. My girlfriend was doing better with drinking at the time and could handle the occasional drink or two on a night out, which unrealistic, but also kind of fair that every person handles their shit differently. Um, and this is a fictional story. So, so we all proceeded to have a few drinks and we're all just chatting about where we should go for vacation next spring. When out of nowhere, my girlfriend starts talking nonsense. I asked her to repeat herself or repeat what she said. And she just said, fuck you in this low demonic tone. The two friends we were with looked at me in shock, like, where did that come from? Then she proceeded to stand on the chair she was sitting on and started contorting her body and limbs. Um, I thought... Oh my god, that's funny. I thought that they said that this wasn't, like, the exorcism of Emily Rose, because this is pretty similar to the exorcism of Emily Rose with her fucking contorting and shit. Uh, she was double-jointed, but this was fucking wild to see <laughs> while on acid, even if it was just microdosing. She looked like she was throwing up demonic gang signs. <laughs> if that helps paint the picture. She also said... No, it didn't. Oh, Actually, God. you know, it didn't. It I... didn't paint a picture of anything. I just imagine... I just imagine some possessed bitch squatting and throwing up west side gangs right, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, this is this is ridiculous she also said something along the lines of i can feel my ancestors inside of me the tequila okay. awakened my ancestors oh god <laughs> they're all like stop fucking drinking you dumb bitch <laughs> Why didn't we take her home in an Uber at this point? Right. Oh, I don't know about an Uber. I would. <laughs> the Uber driver. Rip. The Uber driver just pulled over and be like, "Get out now! Get out!" Please leave. The power pr power price compels me to get the hell. fuck out of my car. <laughs> she started knocking stuff over, so we quickly paid our tab and left. As we were leaving, she seemed to get ten times more intoxicated by the time we got to the elevator. She started talking more gibberish and was yelling at some of the workers. It took all three of us to hold her up, and she weighed no more than 130 pounds. At this point, staff decided to call 911 as we all stumbled into the elevator. Why are you getting into the elevator with a fucking demon? A drunk demon. Uh, we get to the lobby and wait for an ambulance to arrive while management was trying to calm her down. Once they arrived, they put her in a stretcher and tied her down. It looked like she was going to be taken away to a mental, mental institution the way they restrained her. There was a restraint over her chest holding down her two arms near the shoulder. There was one on her stomach holding down her lower arms, and then there were one or two on her legs. I'm not too sure. I just remember as they were wheeling her away, she looked at me almost jolted and almost jolted up, but the restraints held her in place. 
Her eyes were rolling to the back of her head, and after throwing her head back came out the most sinister-sounding laugh, laugh I have ever heard in my life. And she just laughed like that until they loaded her up in the back of the ambulance. Me and my friend stood there honestly creeped the fuck out. At I this filled point, them I'm in. breaking up. Huh? At this point, I'm breaking up. Oh, of course. I filled them in on everything that's been happening, and of course... That just made things worse. We started theorizing if she was possessed and if she was, she was probably standing over me while I was sleeping. Not something I wanted to think about while I was tripping, but I was. it was also too, it was already too late for that. The image of her being restrained, throwing her head back and laughing the way she did will, be, will forever be seared into my brain. They say when you trip, you can almost see people's energy, like their glow or their aura. Some people call it vibes. When she was being wheeled away, I saw darkness. It was like a black mm. cloud of smoke was looming around her. The glow she once had was gone. I think my ex-girlfriend was possessed. <laughs> the first comment was, wait, did you break up with her? Why is she your ex if you're living together in the same bed? Also, move the move the heck out. And then go see a priest before moving into another place. It could possibly follow you if it stays attached to her. <laughs> um. No, so we're... Broke up. Broke up. Uh... Calling oh my mother. god, this conversation. Okay, so the, the OP responded to that comment. Said, oh. we ended up breaking up. This all happened roughly two years ago, and we split up last year. I moved back in with my parents after waking up one morning to her breaking things and guttural screaming maniacally. And then the, the person responded said, is she better now? <laughs> <laughs> like, OP, nobody gives a shit about you or why you broke up. Somebody else is commented she okay? and said, she sounds like a real head turner. <laughs> Listen. So, like... Hold on, let me recount all the red flags for you. Alcoholism. Regular microdosing of hallucinogenics. Living near a cemetery and already being paranoid of it. Gas fireplace in the basement where they hang out, apparently all the fucking time for no reason. Wood paneling. <laughs> Wood paneling. <laughs> Huge red that flag. That they loved? That they loved? Red flag. And then, like, I don't know, man. There's just, there's just so much it could have been that wasn't demonic possession that just OP was not even, he didn't even be like, you know, I thought maybe it was the fireplace leaking gas, so I got the house tested, and it wasn't that. So then I thought maybe it was all the microdosing LSD we do all the time. So I had to try stopping that, and that didn't work. Like, there was no problem solving between... She's an alcoholic and she's demonically possessed. <laughs> Factual information. <laughs> Your turn. More folklore. Yeah, here. Uh, so. Oh. oh. You wanna go? You're gonna wanna go. Wait, hold on. Why does that look like Roger from American Dad? <laughs> 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 Did you go down to the Flatwoods monster? Um, do I have to open this? Yes. Okay. Uh, we're gonna open. Like... I told you I want real time. I want to know up. your reaction to the sketches of the Flatwoods monster. Oh. It is so different from most of the other monsters people talk about. Ooh, it is definitely Roger from American Dad, just playing a character. 
Yeah. Okay. So, whoa, what the fuck did that just say? That said Spanky Monkey. What? Oh, Skunk Crazy. Monkey. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It says Skunk Monkey. I thought it said Spanky Monkey. Okay, I'm closing okay. out of it because I don't want to read anything until... Yeah, no, I just wanted you to see what it looked like. Okay. You Okay, you can go ahead now. <laughs> so, the Flatwoods Monster, a.k.a. the Braxton County Monster. A.k.a. First, Roger. Yeah, Roger from uh, American Dad, if he put a spade costume, like, if he wanted to be the Queen of Spades instead of Hearts. So, first encounter, a mother and daughter see this creature, and the daughter was apparently so traumatized, she had to be confined to a hospital for three weeks in September of 1952. Fair. Other notable encounters... On September 12th, also 1952, three boys, two brothers and a friend, see a giant red streak move across the sky. And they thought maybe they could find whatever had crashed, so they run home and they try to get some help. The boy's mother, uh, Kathleen, organizes a group to go investigate, because that's what people do back then, you know, when community was a thing, I guess. Mm. One person was Gene Lemon, a 17-year-old National Guardsman. They came to a hilltop and saw a giant quivering fireball and a mist that permeated through the air that burned all of their noses and eyes. Where was this? A thing? farmer. Huh? Where was this? This was in Frampton, West Virginia. Because this sounds familiar. A farmer shined a flashlight forward to expose the creature, and it hissed and floated towards the group, but eventually turned back. The group ran home to phone the police. When law enforcement and a local reporter arrived that evening, the reporter noted a sickening smell, a burnt metallic odor still lingering. Interviews by civilian saucer investigations were also concluded. On September 12th of 1952, same day, a woman relayed to civilian saucer investigation that her house shook very badly and her radio went off at the same time that the boys reported this thing crashing. And another couple in Flatwoods encountered the monster when they were taking a drive. Their car suddenly stopped and wouldn't start. They smelled a putrid sulfuric odor, and when they exited the car to investigate, they came face-to-face with the monster. The monster is said to be 10 feet tall and 4 feet wide with a metallic body, is wearing a large cowl resembling an ace of spades, and I'm pretty sure cowl just means, like, helmet, but not helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, large, uh, yeah, cowl. Yeah. Large, glowing, green-orange eyes. Some who encountered the creature say it has no arms, while others said they had arms, but it was they were essentially functionless. <laughs> and some... Witnesses say it was metallic from the waist down and lizard-like from the waist up. That is a weird combo. It seems curious when it floated toward the Frampton group, but it turned back and no other behaviors were noted. It doesn't seem to be malicious in any way. Skeptics think it was an attempt to replicate what happened with Mothman and Point Pleasant, how it made it like a huge tourist thing. Mm Mm-hmm. But another theory thinks that it was people's heightened fear of atomic bombs <laughs> and anxiety about flying saucers and aliens. Yeah, fair. 
what we do have is some interesting uh so the air force might have investigated this incident as part of a project called uh project blue book some sources say air force reported the boys saw nothing but bright common meteors in the sky and that the monster was probably likely an owl <laughs> frank c Fischino jr sorry if i said his name wrong published a book called The Braxton County Monster, a cover-up of Flatwoods Monster Revealed and Expanded. The details, uh, his theory that the government of the government's involvement has a video about his findings as well as an extensive website of information on this incident and UFOs in general. He proposes the government covered up the incident because they didn't want to reveal that they'd lost U.S. Air Force personnel as huge collateral damage when they ordered pilots to shoot down alien aircraft. One of the questions Fischino poses is, what did General Benjamin Chidlaw, Chidlaw, head of Air Force Defense Command, mean when he said, we have stacks of reports about flying saucers. We take them seriously when you consider we have lost many men in planes trying to intercept them. Hmm. And then this is the, uh, I'm going to read the news article. So this was published in 1952, if it sounds a little funny, that's why. <laughs> Sutton, West Virginia, September 15th. A short time after meteorite or something blazed across this town last Friday and seemed to land nearby, an evil-smelling green-bodied monster 12 feet tall with bulging eyes and clawy hands sent seven young citizens running for their lives. A. Lee Stewart, who was with his daughter, or with... With it. I think that's daughter. Father, maybe? It's very hard to read this. Publishes the Braxton County Democrat. Saw mysterious traces of whatever it was, and here's his story. It was about 7.15 p.m. when this meteorite, or whatever it was, supposed to have been, <clears throat> seen that I wandered down to the street, and the people told me about having seen it. Then, a little while later, this that this man is illiterate. Then, a little while later, this call comes in from Flatwood, a town about five miles away. I'm sorry, is that really all he had to say? Oh, no. There's a second page. Miss Kathleen May and six boys had gone up the hill to where this thing was supposed to have landed, and they could have seen flashing lights on... On flesh? It just went flash, flash, coming from the flesh three or four times, coming from the top of the hill. As they kind of eased around a little bend of the road, there in the shadows, they saw a pair of eyes. There was a peculiar odor, a very sickening, hot, stuffy-smelling odor. The oldest boy, he's 17, threw a flashlight on it. All the rest of them saw it, too. The boy fell over backwards, and all the people took to their heels and came running back to town. They said it was 11 or 12 feet high and had a shiny metallic kind of face and protruding eyes. Its body was green. It had outstretched hands, sort of clawy looking hands, but they were all bony and skin, no muscle. When they all got back to town, oh, this man truly is literate. When they all got back to town, they gave the boy a dose or two of smelling salts and called police. Oh, smelling salts. Of course, said Mr. Stewart, the state police weren't in 
Of course, said Mr. Stewart, the state police weren't in our state next morning. The sheriff and some other people went up, and naturally I went along to investigate. I took my camera with me. Atop a rugged, tangled hill, there was no trace of a meteorite at all, but there was an area all trampled down, Mr. Seward said. He said that he could still see and smell traces of a peculiar odor. How you see odor, I don't know. There were two tracks. They looked all skidmarkish. Don't be a child. I hadn't said that. <laughs> about a foot wide, a car length apart, and about <laughs> ten yards long. Mr. Stewart said, he said you couldn't get an auto up that hill. Mr. Stewart also said that the deputies took Gene Lemon, the 17-year-old, along with him because he had saw something. We had to coax him even to go back, Mr. Stewart said. I had to keep my hand on his shoulder. He just shook and shook like he was scared to death. I know all these people, Mr. Stewart said, and I tried every way to tear this story down, but they all told me the same story. They all stuck to it. I've never seen people in more fright. I don't know what they saw, but they saw something something on that hill. Of course, at twilight, you can see lots of things. They could have seen lots of things. They could have seen an owl maybe sitting up there in a tree and put a body up under it. <laughs> and that's about it. Oh. That was the end of the witness statement. And that was the end of the article. For a minute, he really wasn't. For a minute there, you got, you got very um, redneck. <laughs> yeah, I had to. It was the only way to read it. <laughs> I had to put, I had to read it as if I was Tyler's older neighbor, because if I didn't, I couldn't understand what he was trying to say to me, because they typed up the words exactly as he said them. <laughs> I mean, it definitely sounded like it. <laughs> so nobody ever figured out what this thing was or had any other theories besides maybe an owl or an alien or, or. Swamp gas. So, swamp gas. (laughs) So, yeah, the running theory was some people thought that it was their attempt at getting the same notoriety as Mothman. Others thought it was just a genuine fear of atomic bombs and aliens at the time. And others think there truly was like a meteor or something that came down. And maybe that confused them and the gas they smelled was from the meteor because meteors do have a uh, gaseous odor because they came through the ozone. Um, But no, nobody has ever. I mean, there's hundreds of people saying from them that they've also seen this thing. Like there's a whole. uh, I think it's a Facebook page I saw yesterday because I'd have to go and look just that specifically up again. But there's like all kind of people who are like, oh yeah, my people said he saw something like that one time when he was out hunting near there. Hmm. But it's always like a spade-shaped head and some kind of metallic body. That's that's such a weird combo, a, a reptile or a, a, like a reptilian upper half and then a metallic bottom half. That is so weird. I mean, and then if you look into it more, the there was a meteor shower. The Persades, is that how you say that? The Persades meteor shower did coincide with these dates. So, like, it could have been a meteor that they saw in the sky. Could have been. Probably. Probably was. 
But, I mean, they did send, like, um, the U.S. Army to investigate and stuff, so that's pretty neat. Yeah, there was a story that this is, this sounds similar to, um, it was a place, I don't remember the name of it, it was close to Uniontown in PA. Um, I don't remember the entire story, but it was around that, I think it was around like the 50s or 60s or something like that, that they had like a huge uptick in like alien-like activity, like people, a lot of people were seeing UFOs, and it eventually became a huge like tourist area because of it so i'll have to look into that and then maybe we'll talk about it on a future episode we should do an alien episode yeah probably i want to do um i did a uh episode on demons that i had my friend shannon um research for and she did a very good job i want to do a part two though um because that was probably my favorite season or favorite uh episode <clears throat> of the first run of this so um i want to do another one i super love space and space theories so i love alien but yeah we can do an aliens episode that'll be interesting um so many alien encounters are always so scary too i also would like to look into the like history of where the probing jokes came from yeah that would be interesting because i don't i don't even think that i know anything about that either I haven't even heard that. It's just always been something that was synonymous with aliens and alien abduction. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I love seeing how history influences uh, media like that. I, I And I never even realized what some of them are. Like, I just remembered. Like, why do we fucking... Every movie or every alien joke always involves probing. Where did that come from? Hopefully, I think it I was... read a bunch of 1940s reports about aliens probing people if i had to guess i would probably say that it stemmed from some type of experimentation uh the need to experiment and study human beings so i feel like that is probably where that stemmed from but that's just a guess that's not even based on any type of uh research of any kind it just it's just a wholehearted just like guess it is a complete guess right off the top of my head so yeah but if we were gonna do sci-fi wouldn't there be cooler ways to do it than shoving things in people's butts uh, you would think <laughs> <laughs> all right well my final uh story for uh for the night is actually um i would assume a true story uh it is on the reddit thread called let's not meet it is basically a uh, missed connections type of thing, but for people who don't want to see that person again. Um, so this one's called To the Guy Who Followed Me Home. Uh, when I was 23, I rented an apartment in an old boarding house in a neighborhood just outside the sketchy downtown of a mid-sized so- uh, southern U.S. city. One night, around 2 a.m., I was driving home from my boyfriend's place after we'd had a huge fight. I was teary and not paying much attention to my surroundings. At a stoplight, I pulled up alongside the only other car on the road, made brief eye contact with the driver, and gave him a quick absent smile. I'm Southern. Oh, that was just like full stop. I'm Southern. Mm -hmm. It's ingrained. Anyway, I guess he took that as some sort of invitation. At the next stoplight, he stared intently into my car with a weird blank expression. And at the next and the next... I was seriously uneasy. 
but it took me a while to realize he was actually following me. Uh, side note, I've heard that if you think somebody is following you, make three right turns, and if they are still behind you, they are following you. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, with that being said, if somebody is following you, go to a police station. Always just drive, drive, directly, just to drive directly to a police station. I know that some people say go to a populated area. You cannot count on a crowd to help you. No. You have to go to a police station, a fire department, a hospital. Yeah. You yeah. have to go to somewhere where there is somebody who physically has to help you if you are in danger. If we're going to be honest, I am a uh, dude. I'm a guy. And not that it doesn't happen to us. I, I, It has never happened to me. And I think it happens less to men than it does to women. But um, personally, I would trust a hospital more than I would a police station. So Yeah, <clears throat> I would feel because hospital. So and this is just general any kind of abuse or a scary situation. Hospitals, firefighters, um, teachers, so schools. These all ha- are full of what is called mandated reporters. They have to report violence, especially if you're a minor. They have to report violence against you. I wouldn't go to a school if you're being followed, well, no. especially at night if at 2 a.m. Well, if but... you're a kid, if you're a kid and it's not the middle of the night, it's daytime. Say you're like a, even 19. If you're a teenager and you're being followed by somebody, go to a school in the middle of the day. Go walk straight into that administrative office and go, there is a man following me. I am 19 years old. They, somebody in there will know what to do. And like you, but in you'd... some schools, some schools, cause the high school that I went to, <clears throat> um, had like, there was no way that you could enter the building without ringing a bell and then mm-hmm. have to wait at the front door for them to let you in. So but at least you're on camera. So, um, that's not always like, you can't I always guess it depends, do that. Cause like, I was going to say my school's. A couple of them that I went to, you'd have to be rang in, but they were always also on camera, and there was also almost always a school resource officer, which is just an off-duty police officer, parked right outside. This is So funny. I guess that's why my first instinct was to go to school. This is funny because the next line, where like the next, the beginning line of this paragraph that I left off at, says, I should have driven to a police station. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, so, so as a young lady, I think it's middle school, they sit us down and they're like, okay... So here's what to do if this happens, and here's what to do if this happens, and this is what PMSing is, and this is how to handle that. And one of the things they tell you is don't yell rape because people won't react. Yell fire. And if you're being followed, go to a crowded area because they're less likely to do something. That's not good advice. No. That's not, not good advice. There's, uh, It's called the bystander effect. You are less likely. Um, I actually learned this, learned of this at um one of my jobs my one of the bosses that i had um one of the ones that i liked he said um as i was training to become uh the assistant manager of this place he told me when you delegate a task pick somebody don't just say hey can someone do this for me because nobody will volunteer for it no but if you if you say that if you say it like that if you just say hey can somebody do this for me nobody is going to do it it will not get done so you have to delegate it specifically to a person because it is what is known as the bystander effect if you just generalize something hey can somebody like can somebody please help me can somebody call everybody will assume somebody else is doing it yes somebody will always assume that somebody else is going to do it and they will not do it themselves 
So like you would have to like grab the person by the fucking chest and say, mm-hmm. "Come on!" Or like they they teach you that when they when you get CPR and first aid certified, they always tell you directly point to someone and say, "You call nine one one." Yes. Assign a different like point to the next person. You get me the AED. Yes. Uh-uh. Well. If there is one, if you yeah, I was gonna say I don't know, I don't know if very many people that just carry around. Well, the restaurants have one, <laughs> and that's what. Well, I was a teenager when I went, so they were assuming most CPR and first aid situations would be in restaurants or like movie theaters. And I've never been to a restaurant that just had a random AED laying. Like it would have to be visible. And I thought they were accessible. mandatory in first aid kit. No, no, um, I don't think. Uh, and I've worked at restaurants, so like I don't I even think there were any in the back. I know you have to have the fire extinguishers, which was hilarious because we had our, our kitchen manager, our kitchen manager, where the fire is most likely to start in the fucking kitchen. She, our fryer caught on fire one day. Our fryer caught on fire mm-hmm. one day, mm-hmm. and she screamed. She ran around the kitchen screaming, "Fire! Fire!" <laughs> And she was the kitchen manager. I'm like, bro, do you not know how to use a fucking fire extinguisher? You are the kitchen manager. Why are you yelling fire? So the um, the assistant manager of this, like the entire restaurant came back with a fire extinguisher and just put it out. It was the fish fryer. So that was fun. But like, I thought that was hilarious. But yeah, no, I don't ever remember seeing an AED. I do remember seeing obviously a first aid kit. We had one in our first aid kit when I worked at... Uh, that restaurant in Belver, and it's the name of it is slipping me right now. And we also had one at the adult store. That's strange. Well, I mean, yeah, that's strange. Is it really? (laughs) Yeah. Is it? I mean, we have those private viewing booths. Is it? Yeah. All right. Anyway, so I should have (laughs) driven to a police station, but this was before smartphones and I didn't know where the closest one was. Also, I was exhausted, and guess I thought I was just being paranoid and didn't want to make a fuss. Instead, I circled around out of my way until I no longer saw his headlights behind me. It seems like he got bored and veered off. I was beyond relieved and drove straight home, anxious to get inside and behind locked doors. Do not drive home if you think you are being followed. I parallel parked in a tight spot between two cars on the street outside the boarding house and cut the engine. That's when he pulled up alongside me close enough to the driver's side door that I couldn't have opened it even if I tried. I was blocked in and now he knew where I lived. I briefly thought about climbing across and exiting by the passenger door, but I wasn't confident that I could outrun him to the house and get it unlocked before he grabbed me, if if that was his intention. Uh, it was very much the vibe he was throwing off. I fumble or throwing off. I fumbled my phone and I thought you just said you didn't have a smartphone. Or maybe it's a flip phone. I fumbled right, my phone. Just a minute phone. Right. I fumbled my phone and while I was fishing it out from under my seat, he got out of his car, lazily walked around to the passenger side of mine, and tried the door. Finding it locked, he leaned down and stared at me with the same intent, dead eyed expression, and started tapping the glass. I got my phone up and yelled that I was calling the police. As I dialed 911, he began banging on the window, then slamming his fist onto the windshield like he was trying to break it. Then he stopped cold and just stared for a long minute more while I talked to the dispatcher, looking utterly disappointed in me. Mm. Uh, I could, I don't 
clearly remember the end of the interaction. It was a long time ago and I was terrified and trying to give information over the phone. But I remember having the impression that he was making a mental note of the house and that he seemed entirely confident as he ambled back to his car and unhurriedly drove away. The cops came and took my statement and didn't seem to like what I'd told them one bit. If they found him, though, no one ever let me know. I lived there for a few more months and didn't get a single solid night's sleep. Mm. Um, that's the end of that. So, that is... Terrifying. Uh, terrifying, yes. Because that... some Like, it's fun to talk about, like, ghosts, which I believe, I believe 100% ghosts. I've had plenty of experiences to understand that ghosts do exist. Um, but it's fun to tell those kinds of stories and, and, like, try to scare each other and have fun with it. But some of the scariest things that happen are from normal, well, not normal, mm -hmm. but, like, from just human-ass fucking people. Those are sometimes, and in most cases, men are the scariest fucking people on this earth because they they either don't know how to take no for an answer I mean, and they just go fucking psycho or as much it's as like, i love my queen eileen warnos watching her go on a tirade is absolutely horrifying who like yeah so <laughs> she's a female serial killer she killed oh uh, oh, oh yeah i knew she's okay take... i just didn't recognize the name well, her name. argument is it was men who would try to uh rape her yes. while because she, she was a prostitute yes um and like while I hold prostitute is a very derogatory term. Sex worker. Sex worker. I was listen. I wasn't trying to be problematic, I'm sorry. But uh while she was a sex worker, she said that these men would try to have their way with her and stuff. And so she eventually started lashing out violently when the police didn't take her seriously, which was her entire thing was if you're not gonna help me, I'll help myself. Uh, and like I fair. Yeah, which I think is fair. But I still, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to be problematic and say that like what she did was okay because it's clearly not. But also, they deserved the it. The lack of the lack of policing and like accountability on their end is also astounding. But I would watching her go on her rants on like, wide eyed, foaming at the mouth. Ah, I did it on purpose because they deserved it. That's scary. Yeah, That's it is. Any, watching anyone go unhinged is scary. And I think what makes the, that story even worse was he didn't get unhinged scary. He was flat-faced scary even while trying to bash her windshield in. Right. He was just dead-eyed the whole time. Calm as can be, just dead-eyed. That's the kind of scary that fuck it up. Because, mm, mm Yeah. Alright, you want to finish us off with the uh, History of Halloween thing? Absolutely. I'd love to share the history of Halloween. Go for it. So, like most things... Uh, Christians steal everything. Yeah. Christianity kind of assimilated it. That's what it does. It eats things and tries to make it its own. And, like, full... Just, I don't hate Christians. I do. No, because, like... I love a lot of people who identify themselves as Christian. Tyler's grandmother, a fucking saint. When I think of a Christian, I think of Tyler's grandma. <laughs> because she, like, I mean, she lives it to a T. She wears her long skirts and she wears her long sleeve shirts. But she also buys me my crop tops and tells me how pretty I look in them. And it doesn't, like, 
push her beliefs onto me. And she like goes to church every Monday or not Monday, Sunday and Wednesday, I think it is. And like she cooks for every retreat and she buys for every kid in the church when they need it for uh, Christmas. And she does all the good things that you're supposed to do. And she gives back and she doesn't have a whole lot. And she's never, you know, she doesn't want any more than she has. Like she's all the embodiments of what Christianity is supposed to be. So, like, I don't hate Christians because I think that she is a good example of why I don't. But the fucking idea of Christianity and the institution of it can't stand it. Fair. So, Halloween originated as several holidays, believe it or not. Most notably, it's taken from Celtic pagans Christ by Christianity. Um, it was originally Samhain, Samhain, mm -mm. however you Samhain. say it. Samhain. Samhain? Yes, that's how you say it. I'm white. Okay? I'm trying my best. A celebration bringing in the dark half of the year. Halloween wasn't originally... So, I know when we think Halloween, it's like costumes, candy jack-o'-lanterns and like the dead come back mm. a lot of that goes to celtic beliefs so they dressed in the costumes but it wasn't like what we think they wore animal hides and pelts and helmets and danced around a sacred bonfire they didn't have jack-o'-lanterns, but they did each bring home a stick of fire from that bonfire to light their hearth to bring in good vibes for the rest of the year. I say Ooh. good vibes, but I, I, I mean blessings and stuff. Like, I mean, they wanted good harvests and warmth and food and abundance for the next half of the year. I never knew that part. That was That seems nice. Well, yeah, that, well, it's similar to the idea of a Yule log. Yeah. So I like to do a simmer pot every Sam. I, or yeah. every, I almost said Sam Hain. Jesus. Uh, every Samhain, I like to do a simmer pot. It's just because I was reading it how it was spelled. Yeah. I know that it was Samhain, but like when I am trying to read my paper, it, it's definitely just spelled Sam Hain. Yeah, it is. It's just the way it's pronounced. <laughs> I, it's trying to read Celtic words when you're born in America. Right. <laughs> so the Celts were overtaken by the Romans at one point, and it, they combined kind of their own two holidays. Uh, Feralia was a day they used to commemorate their dead, and then they had another holiday to celebrate Pomona, the goddess of fruits and trees, which people think is where we got bobbing for apples. They think that's where the tradition of bobbing for apples for Halloween came from, is celebrating Pomona. But I couldn't find anything to wholeheartedly say that. So, after the Romans came in and took over Samhain, well, Samhain kind of just blended all their holidays. The Romans were pretty chill about it. They were just like, hey man, we'll, we'll celebrate our shit the same day you celebrate your shit. That shit works out perfect for us. Mm -hmm. Uh... Eventually, Christianity, but not the, like, good-hearted Jesus wanted us to do unto our neighbors as we do unto ourselves, but, like, mm. 
Ursula said the Catholic Church, and I think I'm correct, but I don't want to make that. I don't want to make that uh, assertion. Well, it all stems from Catholicism. Yeah. So when they were trying to assimilate everything to Christianity, they moved their holiday. Christians moved the holiday, and I I can give you one of it was a specific pope moved All Saints Day. To November 1st. To November 1st. Mm -hmm. And then another one changed All Saints Day to All Souls Day so that you could celebrate dead martyrs as well as saints. And they moved that, which was originally May 13th, to November 2nd. And then another pope was like, no, you know what would make sense? Let's just put it on the 31st, the same day that the Celts do their thing. And then they can just, we can just make it one big holiday and eventually everybody will be like, yeah, this is, this is why, uh, Christianity made it first. You know, they wanted it all to be under one umbrella so that it could all fall back to Christianity. Some little fun things, uh, were that they similarly held bonfires to celebrate their dead martyrs and saints the same way that. Celts had their sacred bonfire. Um, but some little things that happened over the years from this fun combination of like three different belief systems was young women believed on Halloween that they could divine the name or the appearance of their future husband by doing tricks with yarn, apple pairings, or mirrors. Because Pomona, the goddess of it, it was like a fun little mixture of all three things. So Pomona, the goddess of fruits, for the apple pairings. Mirrors, because they're a communication between the living and the dead. And then the yarn supposedly re represents trinity between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and Catholicism. The apple so thing, I, I remember find... seeing in an episode of Charmed, where uh, the original, not the reboot, uh, where mm -hmm. they dressed up on Halloween and were transported by the elders to old time. I don't remember where I don't want to say Salem because I don't think that that's accurate. Um, but it was back in the like Salem days and where the witch trial, like where we, people were burned as witches and, um, they were bringing into the world. They were there to help bring their ancestor, Melinda Warren into the world and uh at this festival it was like a harvest festival uh in the village this person uh they were standing in front of a barrel full of water and he had told phoebe um that he could or that yeah that he could uh give her the first letter of her lover's name with the peel of an apple and he then peeled an apple and put it in the water and it revealed the letter C, which obviously at the time was for Cole because he was the demon she was in love with. And I don't remember who like later on in the series, she actually ended up like being with and marrying and having kids with. I, I, believe he was a cupid though he was a cupid and i don't remember his name though but i do believe it started with a c so it all kind of like tied in which was kind of cool but yeah I, I i think that that is like a callback 
to what you just said well, I just about the apple was, peels. Yeah, I just thought it was really neat because, like, you can't find a whole lot of places where all three cultures intersected like that. But for some reason, the power of young women yearning to know who their soulmate is made an appearance amongst all three cultures. They just changed it up a little bit with uh, Celtics doing mirrors, Christians believing twine, and uh, Romans, I believe is what I said. Romans thinking that uh, apple pairings would tell them. Well, I think that was also Celts as well. I think the two of them had a lot of similar beliefs. Anyway. But I yeah, that's where Halloween comes from. It was several holidays, and then Christianity was like, what if we just took all this shit and put it in one, like a fruitcake? And called it something different. All Hallows' Eve. Right, so that is the show. Um, so, again, I would like to say I apologize for the... For the very long hiatus I took, but a lot of uh, a lot of things needed to happen, and as a firm believer in everything happens for a reason, I am here now for the reason that I am. I got recently. I got my uh, tarot read, and um, one of the biggest takeaways from it was uh, I need to learn how to invest in myself. So I have been trying to do that more investing in myself and uh learning to listen to myself and not in the negative ways that like like the voice in your head telling you you'll never be good enough or holding you back i mean more listening to myself is in like feeling when something isn't right <clears throat> trusting my gut trusting my intuition and like doing what i actually want to do instead of feeling like I have to do something. If I want to do it, I should do it. So uh, with that being said, I do plan on keeping consistent. And that is, again, one of the reasons why I brought on a co-host, because it's easier to keep myself consistent and hold myself accountable and keep myself motivated to do something if I have somebody else uh, helping me and being in my ear saying that we need to get this done. We need to get this done. So it's a lot easier to do something like this with a partner so and that... it's also it's also nice to have somebody to fall back on like if you're having a slow week it's not hard for me to be like hey man i can pick up the episode this week i can throw some stuff together we can get in we can just banter right or you know it, it'll be nice to not have to carry it by yourself right it'll feel less like an obligation when you have to do something and more like a, a fun little treat right so <clears throat> Uh, to add on to that, I have been streaming a lot more. If you would like to watch my stream, it is uh, twitch.tv doctor underscore, underscore twitchcraft. Uh, I am for the month of October, I was streaming every Tuesday. The last stream is on Monday. Um, well, I guess this is going to be posted on Halloween. Um, so today <laughs> it'll mm -hmm. be uh, a big stream um i want to do a 12 hour stream but i'm not sure if it's going to be a full 12 hours i did have some issues streaming before even just eight hours on twitch it had cut my stream off at some point for some reason i don't know why but we'll try it see how it works out um and i have been making candles in my free time that the very little free time that i get 
Uh, I've been trying to get back into making candles. So once my Etsy shop is up and running and with everything listed, I'll probably sell that too. Um, but other than that, uh, it feels kind of good to be back doing this because it's a lot of fun learning different things and, and who doesn't like spooky shit? I love spooky shit. I like, I love spooky shit. I spend probably at least 20 hours a week playing Phasmophobia. Yeah. I mean, I don't, that game's a little too repetitive for me, but I, I, play, yeah. I like to enjoy so, it every once in a while. I do get wore out on it, but I love spooky stuff, and it's really the only spooky game that's co-op that I have friends who want to play it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we who doesn't love spooky shit? And we're gonna get back yeah. into, um, I'm gonna get back into like uh, telling, like having um, uh, paranormal experiences from myself, friends, co-host. Uh, we're gonna try to get some more people on. Actually, have possibly some guests. I don't know. I'm going to try to get some stuff going here and uh, make this we, a little bit listen, better. We even talked about having an on-location kind of stream for a couple spooky places near me. Yeah, I wanted to do that for Halloween initially, but I think this is just fine for now and maybe next year. Um, you know, universe willing, uh, we can possibly do a live episode somewhere, you know, straight out of a spooky place. Uh, even near her, near her, near me, doesn't matter. I think it's just, uh, we'll figure it out, but we still have a long way to go before that. Um, so this is going to be like season one redone. Like, it's just going to be like the 2.0. Um, the first four episodes were kind of like a trial period. And then, so that would be like season zero and this will be true season one. So, uh, it was just like a trial thing. See how I, I, like doing it see if i could do more and it kind of flopped but it kind of gave me some perspective so i'm thankful for it and i'm gonna leave all the episodes up they're garbage but you can go ahead and listen to them if you want um, i mean and I, you gotta it's start just gonna get better as we go you gotta start it'll somewhere. just get better if as we go yes any kind of like awkwardness or not being really sure of layouts or say all of that stuff will just come with doing it more and more and more and more Rice. Right. I said rice. Rice. <laughs> rice. Cheese oh, and rice. Um, so, yeah, right. Uh, so, again, thank you for sticking with it. I know a lot of people have... Uh, I've had quite a few people ask me when it was coming back, if it was coming back, and I told them yes. But I, uh, I didn't want to just definitely say yes. I said I usual, my usual answer was eventually, but eventually is now. Um, so yes, it, it is coming back. It is back. Here it is. There you go. You're welcome. I almost started singing the stupid high school musical song until I realized copyright applies to it. Yes, please do not. Please do not. We don't want to, we don't want to <laughs> get any copyright, copyright strikes. Um, so yeah, that is all we have for you today. Uh, I appreciate you listening. I hope you are excited as we are that it is back and the excited with the changes that are being made. And I appreciate anybody who listens and gives us any type of feedback, likes, subs subscriptions to our Spotify. Um, I do believe, hopefully, with technology permitting, we will be on every podcast platform you have or can think of. Um, so Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of it, all, like all of it. Um, it'll be under Do You Believe? Uh, just catch the logo because sometimes you can't really find it. 
and I will be posting all of, I'll be posting links and stuff on all of my socials. Um, I don't really have socials, but I'm sure I can share it to some people. (coughs) But, um, yeah, so that'll be that. And it will work out the kinks and it'll be, uh, it'll, it'll be good. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be, I think it'll definitely, it definitely has a new direction to take, and I am excited to see it go. I, yeah, I can't wait to be the skeptic to your full-on belief. You are the absolute opposite of a skeptic, but okay. No, because I wholeheartedly believe I just like to come to, like, common conclusions. Like, that bitch was clearly suffering from too many microdoses of LSD. And was not under she definitely had some issues, but uh, <laughs> some shit was going on there. All right, we will see you in the next episode. Bye, guys. <laughs>